And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. How are you doing? I'm Ben. Dave is with us as well. Dave, say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Now, Ian's away on his 17th or 18th holiday of the year. They pay well, They must pay well at Screwfix. White's birthday, Ben, for crying out loud. You can't get away with that. Same man, different at. So, we've had to get a replacement in. An able replacement. That person wasn't available. So, instead, <laughs> we asked Elliot Watts to join us again. Elliot, how are you, sir? Good evening, lads. Straight off the subs bench into the hey. starting lineup for tonight. You are the uh, you are the Malachi Linton of our uh, of our, our trio. Am I quite the fiftieth member of the squad this year, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the fiftieth. No, I wouldn't have thought so. No. Unbelievable. We're getting there. The numbers are, the numbers are gradually going up, yeah. but I don't think we're quite fifty yet. Um, we're going to talk about Dorking. We're going to talk about Solihull, and we're going to talk about the absolute shambles and circus that came in between the two things. Um, where did we all watch the um, Dorking Shambles from? Guys, Dave, where did you watch from? I watched it from my sick bed. As, oh. uh, my my absence on the last podcast, although not widely reported, was down to a highly infectious and virulent disease, which when I told everyone about it, at least five or six people welcomed uh, my pregnancy. So unfortunately, I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> I Did have... you pick it up at older shop by any chance? <laughs> well, I may well have done. I was going to blame you as, uh, as uh, yeah, coming out of that pub that you that you lot were in. Jesus Christ, you could have picked anything up in there, I think. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to blame you or Craig McCann as the two people that I shook hands with on the day. So there you go. Have you have you tested Elliot as a as a close contact? Are you are you I, negative? I don't, I don't think they do that anymore, do they? Do, it's, do they not, not? <laughs> it's not 2020 anymore. <laughs> no. No. I kind of wish it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's a very good point. 2020, bring it on. In COVID and all. In 2020, we at least watched the playoffs on a computer screen. Um, okay, uh, Elliot, where were you? I was at Hirsch Park. You were at, on... you were at the ground? Yeah. We had a box with the Skittles team, actually, on Monday, which awesome. started off as a nice day until there was 90 minutes of football to watch. <laughs> Just to just to fling that back, we've we've discussed Skittles on the podcast before. Any triple floppers amongst your Skittles team? No, we had a we had a twenty twenty odd one. That's that's good. That yeah. there's nothing shambolic about that. There's nothing shambolic about that. No, Speaking of shambles, when you were talking about Skittles, no. Ben, you haven't said where you watched it from. You watched it in the most glamorous place of all, I think. I did. I watched it from the hired Vauxhall Grandland that me and my wife are currently borrowing off the good people of Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Okay, while well, um, speeding down the M5. Not speeding, we, we, we weren't speeding. We were going completely at the average um, regulated speed limit that the country operates on all motorway systems. And my wife is not a lead foot. <laughs> I was going to say, but she got there in three hours from Leeds, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We pretty much time-travelled. Um, but fine. Um, okay. We've we've done that thing again, lads. Yeah. Where we're a few Talk minutes in you. and we haven't actually talked about the football yet. Yeah. 
I like the idea of time traveling, though. Yeovil Town <laughs> currently sit 22nd, six points from safety, with three games to go, four games to go. Apologies, four games to go. Let's keep it simple. Does the 1 0 defeat to Dorking mean it is over? The fat lady has sung. Yes. I'm nodding my head. Yes. Um, great audio. Great audio. I think we needed at least two wins in a draw from those three games. It was probably the biggest week we've had for some time, wasn't it? We had Tuesday, Friday, Monday. We came away with one measly point from the three games. Well, teams around us went on to win games of football and effectively we were playing the teams around us. Um, it isn't looking good, is it? <laughs> no, we, we should say that as it stands, we, we're recording this on Wednesday, um, which might come into context a little bit later on. But as it stands, Gateshead are beating Eastley as it stands and are within striking distance of the top half which when you consider a relegation six-pointer when we met less than a week ago, for them to be sitting currently in 14th with a game in hand on those above them, they could end up in the top half of the table, Gateshead. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Aren't, they can't quite make the playoffs. <laughs> They're 13 points off the... No, they can. They've got an extra game. They can technically still make the playoffs. They're the most informed team, aren't they, in the league? In the country. The, the, the other two are Dorking and Torquay, who are in form as well. Yeah. So... Yes, whilst we did have games that we needed to win, we simply didn't. Dave, nails in coffins, is it? Is it slam shut? I think that is, if it's not the final nail, I think the final nail is probably someone is hovering over it with a rather large hammer. Um, mm. So yeah. The final nail well, might well be coming in uh, North Wales. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and am I right in saying that that might, they could even win the league against us. Is that right? They need Notts County to slip up, I think, uh, okay. somewhere, because Notts County only have three games remaining. Mm-hmm. So they, as it stands, they can only go to 109. Wrexham can win at the weekend, go to 106. And if they beat us and Notts County fail on that same evening, um, yeah, or basically, yes, they, they can. They need other results to go their way, I think. Okay, let's talk about the actual match then, because it did happen, and... I feel like Groundhog Day has struck yet again at Hewish Park because actually there was a whole lot of not being horrendous about Yeovil that was then met with absolutely poop in our pants anytime we saw the 18 yard box, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, we actually didn't play bad for about 60 minutes or so. Yeah. The first half we had chances. Um, to be honest, we can moan if we want about the red card. He should have gone in, what was it, the first two or three minutes? He's gone in, studs up early in the game, and I don't really know how the ref's not sent him off there. And then the ref's got it in his head that he's made a bit of a error, I think. The first chance he's got, off you go, son, see you later. Um, but like you say, every time we're getting in front of goal, we want to pass it, we don't want to shoot, we look scared. Linton didn't have a bad game feeding off scraps, to be honest. <laughs> I actually thought Linton was quite good, but he had nobody around him whatsoever. No, like there was nobody at all, was there? No. Linton would chase bits and pieces and look up, and it, he was on his own. And to be fair, he had quite a chance as well, didn't he, near the end where he got pulled down? Did he need to go to ground? Maybe not. It looked pretty soft, and I was almost in line with it. Um, 
and that could have been a chance to level it, but leveling it wasn't really enough. We didn't look like we were going to go on to win the game. Likewise, it was the same on Friday, really. We we leveled it. We didn't go on and win it. It was really the same as that, to be honest. I was going to say it was the same. as It felt exactly the same as Friday in as much as lots of build-up and then just no, no final. But then how many times can we say that being the... Um, uh, the case this season and last season, as I said before, um, when you look back on Adi Youssef and think, oh, just think he scored 10 goals for us, didn't he? Um, what we'd have for a 10 goal, um, goal uh, striker at the moment, that tells you everything you need to know. I know a couple of those goals probably weren't Adi Youssef goals, but <laughs> yeah. What have we done? 33 goals in the season. Is that as fierce as that? Uh, 38. 33. Yeah. 33 goals. 33. And, well, yeah. okay. I mean, just, just for context, Wrexham 109, Notts County 108, Woking 68, Chesterfield 69, 73, Barnet. Even around us, Maidstone, who are gone and have been gone for a while, 43. That's an utter disgrace, isn't that? It is, it is an utter disgrace. And that's, we're, aver- we're averaging under a goal a game, not not even... Oh, by, by a mile. Let's get let's get the calculator out, kids. And you go to the football to see goals, don't you? That's what you go for, and we haven't seen them. I mean, it's difficult to well, it's not difficult. It's difficult to blame one individual department. I mean, the goal, the 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 strikers, the strikers, yeah. you can you, you can blame. But then equally, as we've said, our centre halves. I know what Josh Thornton's got one. Uh, is that it? Yeah. I think of too many. Oh, Jamie Record got a few back at the start of the season, didn't he? Um, but yeah, midfield and defence has been woeful as well in terms of th- chipping in with goals. I think what's interesting though is for so long we could get away with it because we had such a strong defence, yeah. but they can only take that barrage week yeah. in, week out without s- slipping up. It's just one silly mistake. What d- doesn't even need a mistake. A moment of magic like that Gates head goal they scored the other night. Okay, they scored four goals and some of it was defensive errors, but. After you take that barrage and onslaught throughout the season, you're going to get weary players. You've got Staunton, who's an absolute rock at the back, but he can't be in five positions week he, in, week out. And he was trying to be again, wasn't he, yeah. towards the end? With yeah. Half, with half a knee working. Yeah. Um, for for honesty's sake, 0.78 goals per game this season in the league. I mean, you... There's you your are... title. 0.78 goals a game. There you go. And three of those we scored against Gateshead. That's true, yeah, yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. Three of them we scored against Gateshead. Like, what is going on? It's been been a systematical (laughs) season. And like you say, it's not just the fact that our strikers aren't scoring. I think our set pieces have been in the general useless. And that was amplified again against Dorking, the amount of set pieces that didn't go past the first man, that didn't look like they were going to cause any danger in the the 18-yard box. It just feels like they are just aimless and... is throw-ins as well, like set-pieces, throw-ins, all of that. Like, one thing I've got in mind, and I had in mind quite a lot on Monday, was it's quite prominent today, and we think about that Doncaster game that was 20 years ago, and we'll prob- we might have a chat about that later on. Yes. Um, but that team was so ferocious. They'd get the ball, they'd move it. If it was a free kick, they'd get it going. We saw the, we saw the um, pass back. 
that same day yeah. where they got the ball, they moved it, they scored a goal. We get the ball, we wait around, then we kick it to the first man, like you say. We get a throw in, we look for zero options, and we throw it to their own team. There is no energy whatsoever in that team. There's no spark, there's no life, there's no drive to go and get the ball back. They're not chasing after it to take a quick throw in or anything like that. They're, there's just nothing there at all that makes you get on the edge of your seat, that makes you think, oh, we could get a chance on the break here. Not to single him out particularly, but the amount of times Miguel Freckleton got the ball and his first instinct is to look back uh, or, or, or hold on to the ball and look up as opposed to just doing something with it as soon as he gets the ball. And you can't single him out particularly because there was plenty around him who were, who were just as bad. But yeah, yeah, it was a it was a case in point. And you're saying about throw-ins, I think it was either Marcus or... Well, Sheridan on the commentary <laughs> talked about what we would do to have uh, Charlie Lee's long throws or Tom Knowles' long throws or Tom Knowles' goals. That would be the... Uh, we're, just pa- we're just passing all our set pieces, all our all our breaks in place straight back to the opposition team and we're inviting that pressure time and time again. And when we're talking about defence who did so well for so long mm. and looking at that pressure that's mounting, they can't just get the ball out every single time, rinse and repeat and watch it come back at them. You're okay. going to lapse in concentration. You're going to lose focus. And we're not scoring three or four goals. It's going to defeat you. We might only lose one nil, two nil, whatever it is, but we're, we're seeing so much come at us and so little go in the other direction. You did mention Freckleton there, which is interesting. I did, forget he has a chance doesn't he in what was it 25th minute something like that breaks through into the box he can cross it he can shoot and it was very much choked in front of goal and I know he's a defensive player but he didn't put his foot through the ball whatsoever there that's it I think when you get down to the basics how many times have we said it someone just needs to leather the damn thing I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for grace. I'm not looking for poise. I'm not looking for exact perfect top bins. I'm looking for someone to get their foot behind it and leather the damn thing. Whether that there be Freckleton in that position or as a ball comes dropping out, don't recycle it. Leather it. Head over it. Leather the thing. Because that's how Dorking got their goal. Yeah. yeah. Shot was there, parried out because of an unlucky bobble. Tap it in. Empty net. And they were utterly pish at the back, I thought Dorking were. Tony Craig, Tony Craig, he was the captain of Brentford 10 years ago at Wembley. He's about 700 years old. Turn the guy around and run. I I thought they were basic. So weak at the back. They hated pressure when we had that bit of pressure. Yeah. Awful goalkeeper. And we can we can capitalize on it whatsoever, but it's been the story of our season, hasn't it? We can come away and say we're the better team, but we've lost one nil again. This is good. This is great listening, lads. Yeah. I gotta say, people will be people will be tuning in in their droves for this one. Well, oh. again, you can tell we've done badly because there's lots of questions. There is lots um, of questions. Yeah. But I suppose the one thing we can point out to all those three teams that you've um, you've mentioned there uh, who are in good form. So you mentioned Dorkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Pryor, Jason Pryor? I think they signed him in uh, February. He's yeah. got like nine goals in eleven games or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Gate said they signed Dinanga uh, from from Altrinum, who I noticed went back to Altrinum and scored against them. Uh, obviously scored twice against us. Don't know how many goals he's got now, but he, he's obviously done very well. And then Frank Nublay signed for uh, 
signed for Torquay, scored twice against Maiden, uh, Maidenhead on, uh, on on Easter Monday, and obviously that came up in the manager's post match uh, comments. So, is that the difference? It's been the difference for a couple of seasons. It's not just the difference this season. We didn't sign one at the start. Mm-hmm. You know, you look back at that first team. We signed Jake Scrimshaw and never played him. Didn't kick a ball. Was it was yeah. was that meant to be him? Was was he meant to be that striker? Well, I, I think, think our strikers in the uh, in Harvey, we, we had um, Alex Fisher. Yeah, who didn't come with a rec- reputation of scoring a lot of goals. Malachi Linton who scored a few whilst he was on loan at Kings Lane at this level, um, but equally not horrifically pro- prolific. Horrifically prolific. So I, I would have way. liked to see a bit more of him. Though. Malachi um, Linton? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I agree. Yeah. Definitely. I've, yeah. yeah. We talked about the combinations, haven't we, all season, about chopping and changing all the time. And you've got Fish, Fish and Mal at the beginning. Spells like something to stick with, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that's that game at Notts County where he came off the bench, didn't he? The nil-nil. He looked dangerous that day. He did look dangerous. He had him at sixes at sevens at the back. Yeah. He was only on for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, but they were frightened. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like he's had much of a chance since then. He's not even one. No, he puts a shift in every time, but it goes back to what we said at the start, 50 players, so much chopping and changing. You don't even know what names are going to be on the team sheets. And we, we, yes, we've had injuries. Yes, we've brought players in. There's no, the, the only two solids are Grant Smith and Josh Staunton. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone will start questioning Matt Worthington. I think we'll put Matt Worthington yeah. in that category as well. And then latterly, Charlie Cooper. Um, but you, you can't have a season of four players performing week in, week out. It's okay if players that are good players, people that that we like, like Max Hunt, come and go and maybe don't have such great games. But to just go just so much time without these players for differing reasons is just a bit. It's just it, personally, I still think it's criminal that Charlie Wakefield's not at the football club. The fact that you have that talent and you don't ask him flat out and a, an attacking talent as and, well. And you, and, yeah, and you're in that situation, and then you take what attacking talent you have and you go. How can I build this team around you? Uh, I, I, I think I think that's absolutely criminal. That that was never tried. I'm not saying he's the the answer to everything we've ever done, but he was never given that. You're our attacker. Let's build this around you. Moment. He was a backup wing back, and it just felt that that for me was criminal. But it goes on to that point, doesn't it? We've had two managers in a row who've done the same formation week in week out. We've seen five three two relentlessly since the start of the season. We knew it didn't work on, what, week two of the season? Day one. Day one yes. against bloody um, uh, Scunthorpe. First half against Scunthorpe was an utter shambles. And we obviously lost to a team that's now been relegated. Um, and has had, uh, I think we were the only team they beat up until they sat the manager, uh, Key Phil, back at the start of the season. And that was an absolute shower under um, under Chris Argreaves from, um, from, from day one. So yeah, should have been should have been done and scrapped, and then Ian wouldn't have had to wince about wing backs every time he had to mention it. But we did do a cop and paste, didn't we? we oh yeah, from yeah, one absolutely. lot of five three two to another lot of five three two, and we picked up a few results, but seven wins in the season in what we're there for, is that? No, eighteen draws. Eighteen draws is um, 
again, criminal. The only real word we can use, I think. Yeah. But we obviously, uh, on, on the subject of recruitment, we did have a, uh, a nice blog, if anybody hasn't seen it, written by uh, Jake Gallagher, which is on a website talking about recruitment. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it doesn't uh, need a rocket science to... But he's he, he's broken down to, to who signed them. I mean, he's saying uh, 50-50 between 18 apiece, but from Mark Cooper and Chris Hargreaves, uh, if you add in six there from SU Glover slash... Matt Ugler, then um, that takes Mark Cooper down to twelve, and Matt Ugler to six. Uh, with Chris Argus coming in with um with eighteen. So, do we blame Chris Argus for the recruit bad recruitment, or is it uh, we share that one across the board? Oh, blaming for the recruitment over the summer. Yeah, and he was when he was in charge of trying to put a team together, and he came on this very podcast and spoke very well. I thought about wanting a small squad, if I remember rightly. There you go. There's an irony for you. Yeah, and I mean that backfired pretty quickly, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All hell, um, mat- all hell, Matu Gravosti. Ah, uh, yeah. So it, it, uh, Jake also to see if you disagree with this because in his uh, in his uh, blog he's written were they successful signings? So out <laughs> of the ones, out of the ones he got, it's forty five percent sixteen. No, they were not <laughs> successful signings. Twelve. Undecided, too soon to tell. <laughs> or, yes, but pl- now playing elsewhere. So those four have probably got me Alfie Pond, Sam Pearson, Jamie Andrews. I'm not sure who the other four is um, that he's referring to there. but um, And then four of them. So he's only listed four players who he says um, are still at the club uh, and were successful signings. Those being... Owen Bevan, Charlie Cooper, Scott Pollock, and Jordan Stevens. Would you agree or disagree with any of that? I think um, it's maybe it's maybe early to put Stevens and Pollock in, but I think I think they have yep. I think they have potential to be. I think they've shown enough in the little glimpses that we've seen that they will be they will be capable of being a success. But at this right moment in time, I don't think we could. Um, yeah, Pollock's. Probably one for the future. I don't think he looks remotely fit at the moment. I think he's got 30 minutes in him at best. He doesn't look... He do, I, do, I just don't think he looks fit, personally. But when Jake speaks, I always listen, because I think he's a very... Um, he words it well, and he understands football well. But I would uh, question Pollock at the moment, for sure. Can, can I just... Uh, i got to follow that up with this this beautiful line. He says... Overall, the recruitment has been bordering on incompetent, which is generous, I think. The process resembles a blubbering, drunk person walking out of Neo nightclub looking for a 2am barrel-scraping shag and turning up with Matt Gravosti. <laughs> so, there you go. I'm not sure what Matt Gravosti has done to deserve uh, that kind of ire, but um, but yes, I don't think uh, Jake is... Uh, is, is, is uh, not mincing the words. Yeah, exactly. But yes, well worth a, a read if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen it already. Okay, a depressing read, but a read. So the football match happens, and we all just think, what we now need is a nice quiet evening. Yeah. To be with our thoughts, to Google exactly where Cheshire is, and what exactly Slough Town have to offer. And there's no there's no easy way of putting it, and we've got to be a little bit careful with what we say because. Repeating certain things 
is just as bad as saying them in the first instance. It can get you in the spot of bother. Ben, Ben's been reading his uh, McNay's uh, Media Law I have. Uh, handbook here. Yes, <laughs> got to be very careful with what we're Defamation saying. Defamation is. <laughs> yeah. So, what happened afterwards, the comments that came from Mark Cooper and the subsequent comments that came on social media that have since been deleted, mm. how would you describe those first few hours after the game? One word. Shambolic. Shambolic. I wouldn't disagree with you. David Cox, have you got another synonym? I would pick shit show. Oh, I've got to press the button. Yeah, you've got to press the button. I didn't want to use up my quota of swear words. (laughs) (laughs) It was... It was shocking. It was horrific and... It's funny, I didn't have my phone. My phone was being used as a Hey Dougie um, um, TV screen for my daughter in the back of the car to keep her awake before we got to Nanny and Grandad's. And so I didn't have my phone until I got to Nanny and Grandad's, Mum and Dad's, and um, picked my phone up at the back of the car and I had a lot of notifications. Yeah, It was just horrendous on so many levels let's try and break it down again within the legalities and within the boundaries that we're allowed to talk about what did we make of the the manager's comments afterwards the manager specifically when he said it didn't have to be like this and started saying that shall shall i read i've got his quote here he says uh, so he said it didn't have to be like this five or six weeks ago the players we wanted to bring in Dot 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 dot. One of them is going to keep talking up by the looks of it, and it did, and it just didn't happen. We have to learn from that. And then Sheridan uh, asked him whether he was referring directly to Frank Newblay, and he said the deal was done. Frank was coming in on a five-week deal when it didn't happen, and that's the way it is. It's frustrating because it just didn't have to be like this. I'll get the majority of the blame, but it just didn't have to be like this. And then he was asked about why he didn't come in, and he said. I will leave you to surmise what went wrong there. So get your calculator. Two plus two equals. If it comes up with four, then the answer might be that he wasn't the man recruiting him. Question to you two, though. Is Frank Newblay actually the man to score the goals to keep us up, do you think? Um, Can I just go... Sorry, I will answer your question, but I just want to go back to your point there. All right, Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to go back to your point there of he wasn't the man recruiting them because that's very interesting. And we've heard a lot about they're not Cooper's players over the last few weeks. Now, if that's a point and Cooper seems to have it in a sense, throwing his toys out the pram, whatever you want to say about it. If he's now going back to Nublay and saying he was the man, how can he fault the prospective owners? If you're understanding what I'm saying for wanting to bring Nublay in. They didn't want to bring him in. They though, didn't they? want to bring him in. I think, what... I think I think what he's saying is that he wanted to bring him in. Cooper okay. wanted to bring him in. Okay. And and the and the others didn't do the deal. So he right. said he he had the deal lined up. He was coming in a five year contract. He just needed so a five year contract. Five year. Christ, that would be something, <laughs> wouldn't it? Five week contract. Uh, and uh, and then they they didn't they didn't complete upon it. And the other thing I would say is that it's only in the past few weeks that we've heard about this discontent between the mm-hmm. manager and the and the owners. Now, 
it's all up to your perspective, isn't it? Because you could believe everything that um, SU Glovers and Matt Ugler says. You can believe everything that Mark Cooper says. Well, I mean, Mark Cooper hasn't as kind of just openly hinted at things as opposed to directly coming out and saying anything. Matt Ugler has been quite clear in a lot of things he said and then deleted off of his um, off of his social media. To my understanding, there's very little in the world that is truly black and white, and the truth is always somewhere in the middle of the two. Now, it might be slightly darker or slightly lighter, depending on um, which which player we're, we're talking about, but I, I think we'll probably all agree that there's blame on both sides on, on, on that one, um, and what, what we saw on Monday evening was... Uh, a disaster. But anyway, you didn't answer my question. Frank Nuvlay, yeah. would he have kept us up or not? I don't think anyone keeps this team up. No. no He'd have given us a better chance than we currently have. Yeah. And, and, had, yeah. and had five weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not he would have done remains to be seen. He might not keep Torquay up. They've but... just found that bit of form at the right time though, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, but not 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 just down to him. I don't think. I think I think that um, Monday might be the first game he'd started, and he scored twice. So, although I did see a Oval fan who was at that game and said that, um, yeah, his goals weren't anything special, but equally, don't need they to be, do they? Goals, aren't they? Yeah, right place, right time. That's what yeah. it is. Um, so then the tweets happened and were deleted, and we've actually had. A bit of back and forth, or Dave, it might be you actually in the DMs. Have you had a bit of back and forth with Frank Newell's agency on Twitter? Uh, well, yeah, not, not, uh, not, ex- well, I'm assuming it's his agent, uh, on Twitter. His, his agent has, uh, has gone on the rampage on, on social media, basically replying to everyone who done um, quote Mark, uh, Mark Cooper, um, who, uh, not Mark Cooper, who quoted, um, uh, Matt Oogler's, uh, comment and, um, he yes, he referred to our article quoting Matt Oogler as a highly inaccurate article, which I took as slightly uh, a compliment. So I then pointed him in the direction of the article where we'd had Mark Cooper saying what it was, and he said, "Oh no, that's absolutely correct." So I did ask him if he was going to go on and refer to that as a highly accurate article, but no, apparently he didn't. So he only flags up the inaccurate ones. But um, but yes, so he basically said. Uh, we did the deal. Um, we did all we could to bring uh, Frank to Yeovil. Contracts were sent to our inbox. Uh, then we got a call a few hours later saying it's not happening. So we contacted Torquay and away we went. Actually, I tell a lie. Frank Newblay has played the last five in the last five Torquay games. So, um, albeit off the bench for, for for a lot of them. So, but he obviously didn't score until the other day. What do you guys think about the general situation of hashtag YTFC on social media? Because I think it's become quite abhorrent recently. It's become quite nasty, horrible. Um, People taking sides. I think it's actually become quite symptomatic of the division that clearly engulfs the entire football club. And it's a rather unpleasant place to be at times. I think it's just an utter car crash. You yeah. go on there every single day. Yeah, even hour by hour, the situation changes, the comments change, there's people going at one another. Um, look, we all have our opinions on the football. Um, I'm sure a lot of people saw the tweet that I said about Cooper at the end of the game on um, at Aldershot, but 
that's an opinion on football. Where we're seeing the difference at the moment is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hate being thrown from people in this different directions. People, we're going back to that case again of people wanting to be in the know, know more than others. Um, it's just not it's not very nice reading. Uh, but <laughs> it's a treacherous time for us as a football club. We're facing another relegation, yeah. and I do understand to a degree people speaking their minds. Um, but there's a lot of fear, isn't there? When we're talking about who's who owns the club, who's going to own the club, we might go on to this in a minute. There's only five or six people who really truly know what's going on, and for the rest of us, it's a throw a data board and see what number you get because we don't truly know. We we never we won't know what's going on behind those closed doors of the people who are dealing with this and the people who are supposedly involved in takeovers and whatever's going on. But you see a lot in every single page you're on. If it's the YTFC hashtag, the forums on Facebook, um, and it's on a daily, hourly basis at the moment. Like like you said, Ben, it has become quite abhorrent. Dave, there's become there's there's been a wrath of fairly new YTFC-based accounts that are including one side, uh, including, yes. yeah, and one side or the other. I'm not going to say that these people are taking individual sides, but it just feels like it's very easy to hide behind that stuff. We see it on the Glover's Cast. You can find me. You know where I am. You know where the actual account is. I'm happy to put my neck on the line and say this: this isn't right. This isn't a safe, nice place to be anymore. Um, how how difficult is it? Because one thing I've always thought is that we need to remember that Yeovil Town is more than just its social media following. It's the old fellas who go down the pub as well. It's people who read the Western Gazette, people that listen to BBC Radio Somerset all day, every day, not just on match days. Social media is just a tiny little but noisy and horrible mini-cosm of, of Yeovil Town supporters, isn't it? I think uh, social media in general, and without wishing to get too broad about it, it can be a brilliant thing, but it can also be a terrible thing, can't it? Uh, I mean, there's so much good that can come from social media. And there's so much, um, yeah, if used in the right way, can be an utterly uh, positive thing, even if we're disagreeing, even if people are disagreeing. Like Elliot says, people have disagreed about football for forever haven't they whether it's uh down the pub or um on the coach home from a game or wherever you are in the seat you're sat in people can disagree about football and that's absolutely fine i think it's like you say when it gets into the personal and the the thing the whole i know this and this is going on and the one thing that gets me at the moment is i told you so i told you so like that's the most important thing i said this was going to happen and i said and 90 percent of the time people didn't say it was going to happen or they said it was going to happen after it had bloody happened um and i i i I've said before that if you go back to 2010 when this whole land division thing started there were there were a small group of people who were were shouting and jumping up and down saying this isn't right this has got to be stopped i wasn't one of them in fact i probably actively said no no don't worry about it it'll be fine um and that that was the time when people should have jumped up there so if you were one of the people who said it then then yes you can quite rightly hold your hands up and say i told you so but i mean the rest of us we're, we're just you know this is bolting the stable door after the horses um horses run out um and 
the thing that really gets to me, well, one of the many things, as you can tell, that gets to me about it is um, this is completely against what people say. What On one hand, it's, oh, achieve by unity and we've got to stick together. And, you know, the, some other people, Matt Ugler has said, we've got to stick together and um, it's uh, uh, we're only uh, as strong as our weakest link and all of that kind of stuff. And then he's going on there. Oh, uh, uh, Fair, fair, fair enough, he, he, he deleted afterwards, but he's going on there calling out players' wages and talking about um, which players he signed and what the uh, you know the manager did and didn't want and calling people all, all sorts of things. I mean, that's not that's not good. That's not professional. That's that is not something uh, that we want anywhere near near a club. And I finished the. Uh, article on our website about what he did post and then subsequently deleted by saying that my one hope is that the last line he tweeted is true, which is, this will be my last tweet until the start of the new season. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see whether it is or not. But um, uh, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff has no place from the owner of this football club or anybody connected to this football club, I don't think. I'm gone. I'm interested to know if you both think this is a new thing because I feel like there's been a internal and external civil war within the fan base at Yeovil for quite a period of time now. And you can say, going back to the land deal or whatever, the wheels came falling off at the end in the middle of that championship season, didn't they? Truly. We had, to, we had noises before it but the wheels really started falling off in that championship season. And from there, feels like it's been 10 years of just complete civil war amongst the fan base with people wanting to take one side, um, calling each other out in the games and stuff like that. People, people not allowed to express their own beliefs in the football team. And to be honest, it has been very toxic at times. Understandably so, we see it up and down that entire country at every single football club who's going through a hard time at, at the moment. This isn't just a Hewish Park thing, but it feels like it's been a Hewish Park away fan base thing going on way longer than right now. Oh, I, I could go back further than that. I could go back to like the, the, the 90s. I remember when there was the Green and Whites and there was the um, Independent Supporters um, Association and there was a there was sort of a bit of hostility between those two organisations. I remember that uh, openly being at um, at matches in the past. And the one thing that stopped it all was success on the pitch. When Gary Johnson came in, and well, actually before that, when when Dave Webb came in and we were we were getting successful, went to full time. Um, you know, all, all of these things they were probably still bubbling away, but people almost forgot about them because you know, the good times were were rolling on the pitch. And even when Skivo was in charge and we were staying in League One, people, it never really broke out openly like it did. And as you say, um, Elliot, it was, it's only when the championship season, well, the, the, towards the end of the championship season, that's where it began to break the cover again because guess what? We stopped, we weren't winning games and then, like you say, it's just been a, a downward descent. And every football club's got it. Every um, uh, football club has fans, groups that don't like each other or don't uh, or, or disagree with each other. And I think we're probably just a extreme example of it now, aren't we? But yeah, like you say, it's been in existence probably since the year dot. But it's exacerbated at the moment. Isn't oh, it? God, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, massively. 
um, uh, exacerbated by fear, fear of the very existence of the football club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Possibly. Yeah. Um, let's try and bring it back. I'm wary of time. Would you like to waffle on? Um, how on earth do you even think about getting a team ready for Solihull on Saturday? How do you even go about it? Who who plays on Saturday? Who turns up? Because there will be some people that go, technically still 12 points available. 12 points will probably keep us up. But it's Solihull, Wrexham, Oldham and Boreham Wood. How, how, how does anybody, a manager who doesn't have, who is in the middle of this civil war, a captain who feels like he's leading by example of an army of four men, how on earth do we go to, to Solihull and even think about trying to get anything? Well, we'll just get a look at each other. <laughs> the silence says that, oh, I, I don't know. I don't, to be honest, the game's come so thick and fast. I don't know how often they're even training at the moment. You've got injured bodies within that team. You should be at that period of the season now. And this is where I really struggle with the amount of recruitment we've had and Injuries have added to that, but we've had so much recruitment. We should be at that period of the season where you do a bit of shape on Friday, you might train on Wednesday, you do a bit of shape on Friday, you play at the weekend. We shouldn't need to be in every single day at the moment training. But realistically speaking, you got players who don't know each other, they're not playing well together. You you can't just rely on the game to get them through because they're not getting the wins. I don't Ben, it's a great question that I don't even know that I can answer at the moment of how you get a team up for Saturday. And I think that's that's been a problem for the last, well, not just the last three games, for the, well, according to the manager, since that Eastleigh game, I think that's been a problem, isn't it? Is, is you, you, you've got a team that just isn't, isn't, uh, because it's the, the old question of who motivates the motivator, isn't it? And if Mark Cooper is the motivator, and he's not looking or feeling particularly motivated. My concern, down, isn't it? my concern is we have two away games coming up now where we could get a cricket score if we're not switched on, if we're not up for it in some way, shape or form. If Wrexham want to, and they know that if goal difference, because it could come down to goal difference for them, there's like two oh, in it. Yeah. If they want to open the floodgates against us, the idea of getting spanked five, sixes and sevens scares me to death because that's just completely counterproductive even further still. But then you've got players, players that are ours, players that are going to be here next season in the South, Jordan Young, Scott Pollock, JMD, whatever it may be, who have then got to start afresh and come off the back of an end of season where we're just getting tanked for the last five, six games. For yeah. me, somehow that group has to stay professional enough, motivated enough to put in a right shift against Solihull and then Wrexham Alderman and Boreham Wood. And normally that would fall on the manager. Yeah. But obviously the manager's got other things going on at the moment and how he goes about separating those two things and fighting for the group that he's got there and the group that he does want and his own personal thing, waiting to see what happens with all that. How you go about balancing that? I have not got a clue. But then... You put the weight on Josh Staunton's shoulders. He looks like a man with the world on his shoulders already. He's absolutely carried a team. But if he's not getting a note out of him either, that just becomes hard work, doesn't it? And you you couldn't blame Josh Staunton or anyone else for that matter 
for turning around and going, if I do my knee in here, if I do my knee in, I ain't getting a move. Yeah. Grant Smith, if I chuck myself at that striker's feet, properly get stuck in like I know I should and get knocked out, well, then I'm in a worse place for finding a club in the summer. Yeah. And you couldn't blame them for that because of the work they put in before. Uh, all I'd say is those four players that you've spoken about there, I don't think that's in their DNA. I'd say that about uh, a lot of them, but <coughs> just don't. I mean, the one thing he has said, and um, I, I'm sure you guys are amongst him a lot. He said about a lot of people getting in touch with him and asking him if he's all right. And he's consistently said, don't worry about me. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be fine. That's what a leader's about. <laughs> I know we've said it a million times before about why can't we have eleven Josh Dalton's, but the that's that's just the man, isn't it? That, and and I think you could probably say the same of Matt Worthington, Grant Smith, probably Charlie Cooper as well. We obviously don't know him as well, but certainly those other three, I think you put them all in that that same bracket. And yeah, it's just it's the same as it was. Last time you recorded, the time before that, the time before that, you just have to hope that these players have some professional pride in themselves and want to do it for that. But I would have thought we'd have seen that over the last three games. Well, I think I that's a so, difficult yeah. thing because no player wants a relegation on their CV, do they? It, like they can play for the club all they like, and I think that's what we're seeing from Josh. I mean, one of the like I've met Josh quite a few times, get on with him really well, one of the best people I've met from oh football friend um (laughs) but honestly one of the soundest people we could have to to lead this football club um but the rest of them if they're not playing for the football club should be playing to not have a relegation on their CV and we're not even seeing that either so going back to Barrett's original question how do you get a team up for it I've no idea (laughs) if you yeah if those if those people can't do it if Josh Dalton, Matt Worthington, Grant Smith, Charlie Cooper can't do it, um, Mark Cooper can't do it, then I uh, no, I'm with you. I, I I have no idea how you do that either. Dave, this is your two-minute warning to get the GCQs ready. I'm going to ask a final question, then we're going to get to GCQs. Um, one change that we know we've got to make sure Johnson comes out. Who goes in and how do you then shape up? Because I don't think there's another natural right wing back in the group, is there? Don't play four at the back. Don't play five at the back, sorry. So, so who plays right back then? Owen Bevan again? Because that didn't work. Can't we? Can't we get uh, Morgan Williams back again? Can we? Can we? Can we like heal him? We, some if kind we, of like miracle. If we had that miracle spray, we'd have used it weeks ago. Um, I, I don't know what that right side of defence looks like. Because I agree with you, you probably go to four at the back. Do you play Hunt there and see if he can John Stones it? Who finishes four at the back on? Monday. Oh, there wasn't a four at the back on Monday. It was did Charlie put, Cooper yeah, and exactly. Eccleton. Everyone yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we just had we just had everybody up front, didn't we? I think <laughs> literally everybody. But we up did front. for that period of twenty minutes or so. Looks so much better with four at the back. So was that was that Bevan at right back? Uh yeah, I think so. Probably gonna have to go there again, then. Yeah, but he's good. I mean, who else? Like I say, unless you go hunt there mm. or Ryan Law and play record on the other side. I don't know. That was the question. Um, score, score predictions <laughs> in Solio. <laughs> yeah, 3 0 Solio. Okay, 2 0 Solio. Okay. 
Oh. If, if, nailing it. if we can hold out till half time, 2 0, if they score early, I'm genuinely fearful of a four and a five. Hey. Um, okay, it's time for GCQs. We do waffle on a bit, and there are lots of GCQs. Um, there yes. are. There are. are on, okay. Well, you're on Facebook uh, or the Twitter? I am on Twitter. I don't have the Facebook to hand, do you? Uh, I don't, but I can go through the Twitter once if you want. Let's, I feel like there's less on Facebook. We should start with them. Oh, well, why didn't you tell me to start on Facebook? Okay, I'm on Facebook. Um, there's only one. Oh, um, uh, Hilton, Hilton Mason, have YTFC actually played the same 11 players at the start of a game this season? Um, maybe, I seem to think, right at the start. under Harley. I think there was one unchanged game, wasn't there? I'm just going to Google unchanged Yeovil Glover's cast and see if it, it comes up. Because we must have had a team news somewhere where it said uh, unchanged. Oh, I no, feel no. like I recall there being one week where we didn't change the eleven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna search for the the. Oh, here idea. we go. Here we go. Uh, Yeovil Town named an unchanged lineup for last weekend's goalless draw at Notts County. Uh, yeah, you go. So when we played Halifax at Hewis Park, that was unchanged from the goalless draw against Notts County the week before. There you go. Oh bloody um, hell! No, that was November tw- 2022. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's last yeah. year. That's this season. Oh, that is this season. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. I saw I saw reference yeah, to Matt a... Warburton in the uh, in the thing, but Matt Warburton was obviously playing against us. It's, it's been a long season. It's fine. Right, now we can go to Twitter, please. Right, Twitter. Okay, well, he hasn't put the hashtag on, but as he's a friend of um, uh, of BBC Somerset, we'll go with him. Ian Randall, uh, oh, sometime Ian. commentator. Uh, he says, the other day, Grimsby manager Paul Hurst, you know this is a Yovertown podcast, don't you, um, said that in his opinion, a lot of players, implying lower league ones, are overpaid. Given the trickle-down effect, how do you think Yovertown's attendances would stand up in National League South? And given that number, what would be a sensible wage budget? Oh, what I, I don't even know what our wage budget is, but with 50 odd players, then uh, 44 players, or however many we've got, then it must be quite high, I'd imagine. It's hard to put an amount on the wage budget, it makes you think about what our attendances could be next year, though, doesn't it? And I think a lot of that will depend on things like season tickets. <laughs> season yeah. tickets have got to be inviting next season, haven't they? Otherwise, there's going to be no one. They've been in steady decline for years and years and years. They've got to be really inviting. And there's got to be like an incentive to them. Like, I don't know if you could do, I've seen clubs in the past before do, right, everyone pays £200, but if we get 1500 they all become 190 If we get 1600 like they all trickle down. So like, and then if we get 4000 whatever, pluck a number out of thin air, they're all half price. And then you get a contact email saying, you can have your £100 back in either uh, cash or you can have a club shop voucher, or you can donate it to the Community Sports Trust, so that you get a choice what to do with the £100, or whatever discount we get. So they're all set at X amount of money, but if we reach this number by this date, they all get reduced, and you can decide what you want to do with the spare cash. But they have got to be, otherwise those attendances are going to tank. I, You've sold it to me, Ben. Oh, I'll, yeah. go and buy, I'll go and buy a season ticket on that basis, but I feel like... I could be the only one paying the £200 and never get any money back. That's it. You'd have to have a, a, a regular running total, wouldn't you? How close you are to discounts. And have different discounts along the way. You don't just like you don't just have 200 to 100 
<laughs> you have 200, and then you say, when we hit a certain amount, they're all now 190, 180, 171, whatever. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. They just have to be really good, because what we have seen is we've seen numbers increase. These £10 tickets, the bring and make deals, the numbers are there. People are there. We know that people are there. People have still travelled to Gateshead. They're still going to travel to Solihull. We know people are going to Bournemouth. There was loads there at Aldershot. If you make it viable, people will turn up. Build it, and they will come. And I don't mean your, park, your car park personal. And I think it's really important what you've just said there, Ben, because this has been a properly negative podcast tonight, and we've been talking about civil war internally and externally at Huge Park. That fan base is bloody brilliant. I mean, the amount we had at Gateshead last week, followed by 500-plus at Aldershot. I couldn't believe the number of people that turn up at Aldershot. Uh, I I stood there watching people come in, and I'm like, why are these people here? I mean, I'd driven down the country to be there, so why was I there? But, yeah, it was was beyond ridiculous. And then nearly 4,000 turned up on Monday as well, 3,800 or whatever it was. Like incredible fan base and i know they're doing cheaper home tickets and stuff but the core of the fan base won't go away but i think you're absolutely right they need to be incentivized um and there needs to be a team to get behind correct yeah, that's it if you, yeah that that uh people have spoken about it um before my time which is uh when life was in black and white i know uh when we went down to regional football and uh crowds rose Remember when I when we went down uh, in the nineties, uh, crowds rose there because we were winning, and that that's we keep saying it, don't we? Oh, we'll go down, we'll reset. We said it in League One, we said it in League Two, we said it in the National League. So, but yeah. Anyway, uh, oh here we go, Clevo. Who wins or loses the civil war at Hewish Park? We know who loses. Us supporters, that's who. Anyone know where mine start is? And Stuart Robbins has been awfully quiet too. Did I get that right? Did I get the Clevo zone right? Yeah. yeah. Bang on. Bang, Bang on. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Stuart Robbins is on holiday, isn't he? Uh, I think uh, we. Uh, I'm sure somebody had mentioned that. Uh, Martin Starnes is a, is a is a good one though. He is chief executive officer, which I don't know about the chief executive officer in your two organisations, but in my organisation <laughs> that I work for, that is the bloke who runs everything, who is in charge of the lot. Um, and everybody works for him. So, yeah, the fact that he's only appeared when we burnt the pitch uh, to get it called off uh, against, uh, or to try and get it on, I should say, against Altrin in that time, I think is um, is rather strange. I'd be quite interested to see more. But he's had a lot of games, isn't he, Martin Starnes? He's had a lot of away games, a lot yeah. of home games. I, I bumped into him at Halifax. Yeah. And I offered him. I said, you know where we are? And he said, thanks. Right. And that was it. And I, 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 I kind of agree. I'd like to hear a little bit more from him. But if, if I feel like if we were to hear from him, the first and only thing that would come up is what side of the divide are you on? And I'm not sure that's particularly helpful right now. Um, I think there'll be other questions of, of how is this football club going to go forward. But I think a yeah. lot depends on a lot of other people before he can then answer those questions, unfortunately. The questions will keep coming until we see clear and visible leadership at Huish Park, won't they? Yeah. They will. That's what we look for as people and leaders. 
I think Martin Starnes has a has a role to play in being the clear and visible leadership. Exactly, okay. that's what yeah. I mean. So he's got to decide who his boss is, or it's got to be decided who his boss is and who's in charge. I completely agree with that, but I don't think that prevents him from stepping forward on a lot of the things that he could talk about. 100% agree. Okay, right. I'm not going to do the angry voice for everyone. If, um, if, you, if you are listening, Martin, you know where we are. We're happy to talk. I will I will be more uh, more cheerful and more friendly if you want to come on, Martin. I promise you that. I'm, I wouldn't believe I'm, him. I'm, I'm, I'm not that scary. Um, okay, Paul Merrifield, if you had the money to buy Yeovil, um, if you had the money to... Oh, sorry. No, if you had the money, would you buy Yeovil if you knew the things that you would have had to... You would have to put up with on Twitter and Facebook? Yes, and then I would deactivate my account. <laughs> if you had the money, would you, Watsy? Yeah, I would. No, nah, you wouldn't. You'd spend it all on vapes, I reckon, probably. Um, okay. Uh, I would as well, but then bloody stupid. So, uh, if, brackets, or more likely when we lose Grant Smith, sorry, Ben, do you think Max Evans deserves a chance of being our first choice keeper in either this league or the one below? Got to admire the optimism for if we keep him. Yeah, we well, does say the bracket or more likely when. So. And I think I like the uh, the um, I like I like Max Evans's chance of being involved some way, shape, or form. I think he's got a right to be a little bit peeved this season, playing third choice, loney number two hasn't kicked the ball. He's gone out to Hungerford, who are struggling at the bottom of the National League South. Um, he's done okay by all accounts. Played a couple of games. He hasn't kept a clean sheet or anything yet, but they did get a one on draw the other day. I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to see him. I, we've just not seen enough, but you're all right. We are going to lose Grant Smith, and I hope Max Evans is is in their thoughts. But again, whose thoughts is he going to have to be in? Is it Mark Cooper's thoughts? This is where we need to start seeing, and maybe we haven't touched on it quite enough yet because the mathematics hasn't allowed us to. But I hope there's people, someone somewhere, is planning. And getting things ready. Who have we got? Who have we not got? Who are we going to lose? Who are we going to keep? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there is a question here from Dylan, DPI72. Of the current squad, how many stay next season in National League South and who deserves to stay? Oh, very few deserve to stay. And who does stay? Ooh. Probably the ones who are on a deal that goes beyond the end of the season, maybe. Yeah. You're not, can you not see a few transfer requests going in? Who do you think, based on their performances this season, would people would be going, oh, I want them? Apart, uh, maybe those four that we've spoken about? The, yeah, those four. Yeah. I would, I'd, I'd keep Linton, because mm. I think there's something there, I just don't think we've seen enough of it. I'd keep Fisher. I would. I don't think you can abandon Alex Fisher in that, that situation, can you? Um, beyond that, I'm not sure how fussed I am. I like Max Hunt, but I, I probably at this point wouldn't lose sleep if he disappeared. If he Is it time else. for the after game? Talk about character. There's an argument that he's worth it for that alone. Can we play a coaching? Something like that? Because... We've, we've not had enough of him this season. And no. we were all so chuffed when he came back. Oh, but budgets will go down. And yeah. 
the minute he made that run at Halifax, oh. you knew halfway through the run what was going to happen, didn't you? You could yeah. see it before it even happened. Yeah. Um, as harsh as it sounds, I don't think we owe him anything. Well, if we did owe him things, we've probably owed him it this season. We've probably given it to him this season. Mm. I I will be very sad. Yeah. But I think it's probably time for him to go. And that, that breaks my heart. If there was a way in which we have this new amazing academy set up and he's going to be registered as a player, run the academy, whatever it may be, manage the under-18s alongside Matt or whatever, Matt Percival, and do it that way, and you get him involved in some way, shape or form in another way, absolutely keep him because he's so damn good. And if he's just as a player in a, in a restricted budget, not On the well. players that um I'd like to keep, uh, there, there are there are a few that have been been brought in recently that are on contracts. I mean JMD, if it, yeah. if you could get him to be the player he looked like uh, to start with, I would definitely keep him. Jordan Stevens, although we haven't seen a great deal of him, I like what I saw, and yeah, yeah. um uh he he probably won. I'd uh, try to keep as well, and and Scott Pollock, I think he's obviously scored a lot of goals at that level, albeit in the north rather than the south. Um, so he could be uh, a player that's worth uh, worth keeping around as well. So I, I would chuck Jordan Young in there as well. Jordan Young, yeah, he'd probably be another bit, one, yeah. A little bit headless chicken at times, but headless yeah. chicken still make nice chicken pies. And uh, you probably add Clark to that mix as well, wouldn't you? Jack Clark? He, yeah. No, I'm getting gone. Would you? First train back. I don't even want him on the pitch on Saturday. Really? Useless. What, what, I, what I saw at Gateshead from him yeah. was yeah, horrific. I did turn the Gateshead game off. Just, just, a, just think lack of effort. A lack of uh, just, yeah, no, getting gone. Same I didn't with, think it looked bad when he came in. but Same, same with Oliver Rory. Get him gone. Don't bother with him anymore. Sick of him. I am. Okay. Right, this is going downhill now. Right. Um, James Drew, we're both at war. Who lasts longer, Cooper or Oogler? And it is pronounced Oogler, I'm told, rather than Ugler. Um, Who lasts longer? One word answer. Elliot Watts. Cooper. Who lasts really? longer? One word answer. Well, there you go. Ben's given us his answer. He thinks it's Oogler. Yeah. 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 I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I think it it, it will be Oogler. Um, but, and I think whoever wins goes. The other one. The other one's gone. But, I, but but that's because I don't see an alternative to Uglan at the moment. I think the only alternative is Scott Priestnell, and I can't see, as I've mentioned before, a reason why Scott Priestnell wants to remain the owner of the football club. And I can't see another alternative out there, unless there's someone that I'm not seeing. I, I am not massively against SU Glovers running this football club. Their start of their tenure has been shambolic and an absolute circus. Yeah. But... If they're going to make good on some of their promises, and that includes learning that Matt has said that he would like to do and learning from his mistakes, I'm not against that in any way, shape or form. This tenure so far, his stewardship has been shambolic. But actually, make good on those promises. Make good on the things you've said. And I think there's a future there. I, I do think there's something that we can get behind. But if I, you have to learn the hard way... It can't all just be go and get your mate Sky Andrews players in. It's not going to work like that. It's not how Yeovil works. Might work in London. Might work in a plenty of other places. Doesn't work here. Just does not work. 
Yeah, and I really hope if it does happen, they are successful and we can get behind them. I don't know. Something's giving me the heebie-jeebies at the moment. Um, oh, lots of heebie-jeebies. Big don't time. On paper, when they came in their first couple of weeks, they they were a 10. And then it has rapidly declined from there. And you can see on face value that they don't know how to run a football club at the moment. And they need good people around them if they are to seal this deal to teach them how to run a football club, how to get it right, how to get the people back behind them, how to make the right signings, how to address the fans on social media. I'm not against addressing the fans on social media, but do it in the right way. Whether you're being baited by the manager or not, that little bit of class to go with it is really, really important. And I'm, I'm sure we can all say how we think, but if you get to the end of 90 minutes and you're a fan, you can let your emotions out a little bit. If you get to the end of 90 minutes, you see the interview and you go back at the manager, it just creates other clubs looking in on you and thinking, what an absolute shambles. I'm glad that's not us. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay, this is going to be an easy one to answer. Nick Haywood, is this the worst unprofessional shit show you've ever witnessed? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, Viva Pitch was pretty bad. <laughs> so this is worse than Viva Pitch? I mean, uh, to be fair, if you pitch that song was quite catchy, if nothing else. <laughs> Can you remember it? Can you give us a rendition, Ben? I cannot, and I shall not. <laughs> right. Rob Matt. Oh, sorry. Uh, former Glover's Class Quiz champion, Rob Manley. Uh, have any of you been more ashamed slash embarrassed to be a YTFC fan? After Haringey, I was pretty embarrassed. Yeah, that's true. That is a good one, yeah. After that one, I was pretty embarrassed. And I, I, there was no racism, and I stand by that. I heard... Nothing, saw nothing, nothing ever came of it. And I'll stand by that until the cows come home. But the whole scenes of everything. Yeah. That and isn't, and the, was... the kind of reputational fallout yeah, that went exactly. with it. Like yeah. you say, and, and and down to probably the mishandling of what was a very difficult situation. I, I, I you know, I, I, it wouldn't have been one that I would have uh, liked to be calling the shots on. But no, I agree with you. I mean, my ears aren't, aren't the greatest, but I was stood not too far away from where, where that was all up then I saw or heard uh, nothing either. And the and fact that nothing's come from it then. You you said something to me quite quickly afterwards, possibly even in the car on the way home. You said, I was around enough people to know that if someone had heard something, oh, yeah. there was enough good people there that would have thrown that person over the edge and let the keeper have Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've that. both done the talking for me on that one. So I... Yeah don't yeah. need to come in on that one yeah. um right now i do think it's probably the most embarrassing time to be a able fan we're heading back to regional football we've had a hell of a plight and we know that within the next couple of weeks social media that are doing the rounds about scumforth at the moment we're going to take over that and some because it's going to be 10 years a massive fall from grace from the championship all the way down to the conference south and quite frankly Unlike some people, I don't think we bounced back straight away. Oh, no. If no. if there was ever a really bad time to have lots of nice things planned to celebrate the 10-year anniversary for Wembley, this would be it, which yeah. is not helpful for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. There is a second part to Rob Manley's question, which is outside of the footy, which word best describes South Somerset District Council? Gullible, complicit, incompetent or thick? Is it just those? Those are, the ones, those, are, those are the ones he's given. You can you can pick another. Oh. 
I mean, the thing I've said about South Somerset District Council all the time is they are doing exactly what I would want them to do if I were a council taxpayer in South Somerset who had no interest in football, which is to make an investment and get a return from it or 7% yield or whatever it is they're looking to do. If I was a council taxpayer with no interest in football, that's exactly what I'd want. I think the thing is that South Somerset District Council coming out claiming that they're doing this all for the good of the club and they're trying to save this uh, community. It's just been proven to be complete and utter nonsense by what it is. So come out, say what it is, call it, call it like it really is. Or if there's something that we're not aware of, come out and tell us. But, um, based on the facts that I, I see, they're there to make money and that's what they're doing. Hoodwinked. Well, it will be when we start paying the rent anyway. Hoodwinked. Pardon? Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. There you go. There's your word. And I do, I do understand if all is fit and proper with this deal, why the deal might be taking a bit longer with that going on in the background. It's worth noting that the first rent payment is due in about three weeks. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> just literally on the day we get relegated final day of the season we all rock up back to Hewish Park in early May and there's a blooming bill on the on the doorstep oh yeah cheers I'll pay the rent then yeah. <laughs> uh, another two part question just what we need when we got this many questions Christopher Sweet the County Gazette's an odd publication to make a calculated if slightly comical retort isn't it now, I think this retur- refers to Rio Griffiths' interview with the Somerset County Gazette, uh, where he said, I am ready to play. I'm fit and I'm available. Um, slightly comical retort, would you say? It stinks of an agent, hi Sky, how you doing, who doesn't yeah. quite know the uh, publications to go to in the South Somerset area, has Googled Somerset newspaper. Newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> Somerset County Gazette has popped up top and he's gone, I'll have that one, I'll email Mr. Sportsman. Hello. I've Do you reckon you. it was just a Twitter DM, Somerset Gazette? Yeah, Almost that's the certainly. one. <laughs> Almost certainly. Yeah. Um, he didn't go to, this is Somerset. but Yeah, um, exactly. But hey, um, it is an odd one. Um yeah. Maybe it's tribute to the Somerset County Gazette's SEO, I would say, that one. Very good, yes. Yeah. I'm hoping to hear from Newblay in my uh, parish council letter next week. <laughs> <laughs> Chairman Frank speaks. <laughs> oh, there you are. Nice. Right, second part of Sweetie's question. Uh, the captain's passion can't be questioned, but when does um, when does demanding better cross the line to digging out a squad when already in a fragile state of mind. Oh, he's having, he's having a little dig at the, the old mate there. He's he's not, he's playing devil's advocate. And my, my, my answer to that is dig away, my man. They deserve digging out some of this lot. I mean... Dig them, dig them the hell out. We've heard week in, week out, and it feels like week in, week out, Josh Staunton does the interviews right now as well, doesn't it? Feels he's like... like I've, I've got to say there, he demands that he does it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Him, he says there was uh, one a couple of weeks ago. It was after the draw. Sorry, it was after the draw where someone else did it. Wellington. He he said, "I'm I'm doing it. I did it again. I'll do it against Gateshead." He 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 refuses that other people do it. He takes it on his shoulders, and that, and that I think needs to be clear because some some people have been saying, "Why is it only Worthington? Uh, why is it only Staunton that speaks? Where's the rest of them?" It's because he demands that he takes that on his shoulders, and that was. That was sort of leading into my point. Week in, week out, we hear him put his neck on the line for this group of players and say, you want to come at me? Come at me, but you don't get them. Like, I'm yeah. your, I'm the man you point this at. 
after a while, how much can you give where you see no reaction from the players that you're protecting whatsoever? Yeah, like, yeah. like you say, Ben, dig away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dig them out. They're not helping him one bit. He's doing them an almighty favour by fronting up each and every time. And I would not be angry at all if he sat there and lined them up and Sheridan just have one, have a go, one after the other, all of them, on the line, on the edge of the pitch. Take Sheridan ever, forever, bless her. She'd do it. She'd, she'd go down the line and she'd give them all hell because that's the least they deserve. Because some unbelievable content, wasn't it? Great content. <laughs> There's a couple of questions in here about why we think the takeover is being dragged on. Um, what's the, I think uh, you alluded to it just now, saying complications around the land. Um, but also, I think I could probably sum it up in two words, Scott Priestnell. So I would imagine that's probably got something to do with it. But I will also say it's not. It, it, nothing this long lasts because of just one person. Um, and I know we did just say one person's name there, but there will be there will be many lawyers and people pouring over things and holding um, things up. And as we've said millions of times in conclusions and all of this, if those two groups of people really care about this football club in a way that they've claimed previously that they do, they'll get together and sort it out, won't they? So I think that's probably all we need to say on the on the takeover. Unless either of you want to say anything else. Nope. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm Next. done with hearing noise about it. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Just tell us when shut it's up, done Dave. and shut up until then. Well, to be fair, it's the questions that uh, that, that that asked it. But uh, Robin Batchelor, given we now have twelve players out on loan, Ben Barrett loan watch. Um, do any of those feature in a National League South squad? Also, is there still a pathway for the EPDP players like Benjani and Grazian? No if we are in the division below? I think there is a future for some of them at that level. Um, I don't think we'll see Olivier Albert. His agent did quite enough talking, didn't he? In January, said he wants out, so I think he'll go. But we've already touched on Max Evans. I think there's possibly something for him here. Um, Ollie Haste is very highly thought of. Hasn't maybe got the minutes he would have wanted at Truro, but very highly thought of. And I think he does have a, a, a part to play next season. I have him in over record now, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and what about the others? Haven't seen much Will of Toby, Toby Stevens. Will Dawes isn't out on loan anymore. He's back. He's injured. I think he would have been involved in the run-in had he been available. So he's one that sticks around? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I would say he's got a bit about him. Um, he's been unlucky being tarnished with the deal that he came with and all the rest of it. But um, I think there's there's something to be said for at least giving him a chance. He hasn't had that yet, which is... is, is um, is prevalent. As for the younger lads, Ben Johnny's on a pro deal. And I assume that crosses over to next year. Jake Graziano isn't on a pro deal, I don't think. But very highly thought of. And I wonder if they have the option to. But again, who's making that call? Mm. Who's making that decision right now? Do we lose him and he just becomes another Pedro Borges who makes his League One debut for Exeter? We don't know anyone making decisions, do we? Exactly. I hope someone is able to make those decisions because there are kids there that are clearly got a bit about them. We've heard good things about Sam Hodges down at Gillingham. It's very different at Gillingham to where we're going to be next season. But is he in a process? Rob Hollard's been out. He's a goalkeeper. Does he go and become third choice next next season? You go Max Evans, A, another Hollard there just in case. I don't know. I, I, you know, we've heard good things about these loanies, and I've actually quite enjoyed keeping tabs on them as the season's gone on. 
I hope and pray somebody is out there making decisions and we don't just lose somebody and then we go, I recognise that name. It's just come on for Exeter or Bournemouth or Plymouth or whoever. He was in one of Ben's loan watches all those exactly. years ago. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, Hewish Hugh, do National League South clubs really need a director of football? And where is Kevin Bond? Vanished to anyway, if he ever arrived. There well, was it was a picture. Old shot. Yeah, there, there was, was a picture, picture of him at Old Shot, wasn't there? Kevin Bond was at Hewish Park on Monday, I believe. Did you see him? Was he in your box? Is he a member he of the Skittles team? Striking. Uh, yeah, no, he hit the uh, 20 double flopper. Oh, there you go. Uh, Kevin Bond loves a double flopper. No, I do believe he was at Huge Park on Monday. Didn't catch a chance to have a chat with him in any way. Um, looks like he's around the club, at least at the moment. Uh, do conference South teams need a director of football? Um, it depends they're directing you. footballs into the goal. It depends who you bring in, I think, as a manager. Or maybe the um, the better question is, does Yeovil Town need a director of football? And actually, the idea of someone steering a ship doesn't doesn't make me unhappy at all. Do you need a director of football and a Martin Stans? That's... Maybe, a, um, yes. Can possibly. we stop asking other questions? We've got a lot. <laughs> this is true, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, right. I'm, I'm, I think we've answered a lot of these, so I'm just going to get onto the, um, onto the stupid ones. So, oh, hang, on, yeah. hang on. Sorry. There, there's been one that's arrived during our chat. Oh, it's not a stupid one, so let's get it in. Yeah, Chris, we don't need another one, do we? Chris Ang, Ang, oh, Haji, or not a Haji for Angulo? Angelo? Angelo, Angelo. Chris Angelo. Sorry, Chris, mate. You may have already recorded. We haven't. Uh, but have you given up? Yes. Now move on to this. Now move on to the. Uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I was going to say. I think. I think I could have listed that in the. We've answered that one already. Uh, Dexter Tyson. Evening. Have you ever been to an all-you-can-eat restaurant? And if so, did you do it justice? And what did you fill up on mostly? Ben Barrett. Absolutely been to an all-you-eat all-you-can-eat restaurant. Absolutely did it justice. Yeah, I, everything. I am not a mean? man who eats small. What 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 if you could all you could eat on a particular cuisine it would be oh Chinese Chinese Zaza Bazaar in Bristol is top tier stuff yeah yeah and, Which and, 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 yeah what what, what are they? it's just foods from all around the world all oh, right okay two hours all you can eat it's, it's, it's decent what, stuff what's his world buffet yeah right. although if you've ever been to one of those all you can eat in Florida they're like next level outstanding. Don't get the chips too early. Don't get stodgy. Come on. Or bread, yeah. yeah You've got to have a game plan before yeah, you get in there. That's a very <laughs> good I want to see a whiteboard at each table going forward so you can start laying out your plan, your formation, <laughs> your your plan. Plan how you're going to go for it. <laughs> Chicken wingbacks. <laughs> Are you going to bring subs on? <laughs> Subways on. Yeah. Sub sandwiches. Chicken wingbacks. Right. So I should have asked this one before, but um, but uh, uh, because it was a, it's a bit more uh, normal. But Northern Wurzel says, how many social media platforms can the current internal war word spread? Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn so far. Has anyone seen LinkedIn uh, comments? So I believe the LinkedIn reference is due to uh, Martin Hellier making comments on Matt Ugler's dad's LinkedIn. statements on LinkedIn. Oh. Right. Okay. So, I didn't realize that. 
I, I don't know the extent of those comments or whatever, but I believe there has been interaction. Um, no, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this play out on Bebo. Yeah, on Bebo. Yeah. Well, Mike, I'm, mate. I'm hoping to see a bit of it on Strava and possibly even Depop or Vinted, if possible. <laughs> Depop Vinted. Vinted. I, like, I like the idea of looking on Vinted and finding Yeovil training gear, like <laughs> MC in the corner. Used, used Mark Cooper training gear. Five pounds. Every. Just abusing the messages. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Real um, business training gear, hardly used. Right, we've got two more questions, lads. Focus, focus. Right, uh, Nico, King Number. Nice nice handle, that. Uh, would you rather fight 100 chicken-sized Just Dauntons or 10 Just Dauntons-sized chickens? Great question. You two are post close personal friends of Josh Dalton, so you know exactly how big he is. Is that, that a big is, chicken? That's it's bigger than your average chicken. Yeah. Which one would you rather fight? Hundred chicken sized Josh Dalton's or ten Josh Dalton sized chickens? I d I, d I don't want anything Josh Dalton sized attacking me. No. With or without a beak. No. So hundred chicken sized Josh Dalton's for you. I feel yeah, because I feel like I could I could knock a few out with a swipe. Yeah. And then open could... the boot, and I could try and maybe work off a, a smaller bunch. Yeah. What about you, Watts? Chickens Bring aren't me... small, though, are they? No. Bring me all 110. We'll, do... we'll just take the lot on. 110? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is literally <laughs> fighting talk. Right. Okay, <laughs> last question, and this might spark a fight. Craig McCann, on the scale, obviously 0 to 7, how angry is Wattsy that I have his vape from all the shots? Not angry. He oh, slipped right. off very early, though, didn't he, Kate? He did. He did. No, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't hanging about. Did is that we did? He nicked your vape and then left. He did nick a vape and leave. Yeah. Well, there we go. He did yeah. last longer than my thirty-six minutes, say the other week. So. What do I say? <laughs> right. Well, that's it, folks. Um, if I recover from COVID, I'm going to aim to make it to Solly Hole, but um, it all depends on those magic two lines appearing. Yeah. If the two lines are gone, I'll be there. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I've got a highly virulent disease, Ben, but uh, um, but yes. Um, I will see people at Wrexham and then Boreham Wood, in all likelihood. I think I'm making the trek down for the final day. Wrexham away and sold out, isn't it? All the home fans have clearly bought their tickets. <laughs> sold out in inverted commas. Wrexham fans with Somerset postcodes are loving it, aren't they? Jess uh, is in Benidorm this weekend so I did consider me and Craig agreed that if we won on Monday we'd go to Solihull but we didn't win so we're not going to Solihull so enjoy Dave he's going to be at Solihull yeah <laughs> I'm right. going gonna, gonna to be I'm going to be right in the extra line on that that Covid test I think just so I don't have to go it's worth repeating once more um, we have launched some 20 year celebration stuff this particular week there's a Really cool blog coming out on, in fact, it'll already be out by the time that this is out, um, what 2003 means to me, as per Abby Carter of YTFC Game Fame. Um, we've got some cool stuff, some cool cyberspace stuff coming out. And then do stick with us for May because we have got some stuff, let me tell you. Um, a huge thank you to everyone that entered the competition. Congratulations to oh, I the, winner. the winner. 
forgotten his name. Um, you know, I have DM'd him and he has DM'd me back. So he's definitely going to win it. Um, and that's it. And again, just finally, we recorded this on Wednesday. So if the world implodes in YTFC land on Thursday and we don't talk about it when you listen on Friday morning, that's why. Hey, there you go. Right. Elliot, I really appreciate you you're tagging in on Ian's behalf. Dave, I really appreciate you being here every day of my single life. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. And you, mate. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. 